Welcome to this week's episode of the Memoir Method Podcast. I am so excited because this week you get to listen in on a conversation that I had with Tyler Fetter, the author and illustrator of our quarterly read this quarter, Dancing at the Pity Party. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. She is just as delightful as you would expect, and I'm so grateful for the time that she spent to talk to me and talk about her her memoir and her mom. So this is a conversation you're going to love. Enjoy. You are listening to the Memoir Method Podcast, the place for writers, readers, and anyone who appreciates the collective power of our stories. In this podcast, we explore the impact of memoir alongside an examination of writing techniques and strategies used in the genre. Whether you are a writer looking for inspiration and guidance or a passionate reader seeking meaningful connections through shared experiences, the Memoir Method podcast is your go-to conversation spot. I'm your host, Charlotte, editor, writer, and the heart behind Bookish Edits. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Okay, so I'll introduce you and then we can just dive into a conversation about this amazing book. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, I'm so excited for it today because we have a very special guest. We have Tyler Fetter, the author and illustrator of the memoir Dancing at the Pity Party, a dead mom graphic memoir. And this is the memoir that we've been reading this quarter for the podcast. We've really been diving deep. Unfortunately, we do not have Ginny here, which is the saddest thing because she is sick. So we will be having her in spirit with us. She's had really lovely things to say about this book. So thanks for joining. Thanks for joining me today, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me. This is wild that anyone is spending this much time going through my book. No, it's like I hadn't read an adult graphic memoir before like I'd read like middle grade graphic memoirs I feel like that's a little bit more common yeah um but I don't even remember where I who recommended this book to me but I just remember just I was like this sounds like such an interesting blend of humor and sorrow (laughs) and (laughs) I I love it's it's weird I love sad things and funny things and so the same (laughs) Having the same thing it was great. And then, yeah, I actually, Ginny's mother died in November of 2021. Ooh, and then a few months later, I read this book and I was only, I was only like internet, like we were like Instagram acquaintances. Like we had similar book tastes and, mm-hmm. and so I said, Hey, can I send you something? And the, in my note, I'm like, if this is completely missing the mark, just give it away. Like, <laughs> I just like I don't want to like overstep anything, but I just thought of you, and um, and she's since given it to, I don't know, she said six, seven, eight people. Oh my god, that's so, so beautiful! It has a lovely trickle down effect. It's such a gift. Like when I was working on it, it was my first book that I did mm-hmm. on my own, and I had, a, I mean, I have a lot of imposter syndrome just anyway Mm -hmm. but because I was doing a memoir I kept feeling as I was writing it like 
is this self-indulgent? Like, who cares about me? I'm just a random person. I'm not a celebrity or a historical figure. And it like it was a really satisfying and healing process to make the book, but it felt very much like it was something that I was doing for myself. So mm-hmm. hearing that it's helped other people is just warms my heart so much. I'm so glad. I <laughs> well, and that's like how that's how memoir writing, I think, specifically is because it's, you know, the the celebrity memoirs are usually the ones that we hear about mm-hmm. or the people who like go through like crazy things. But my favorite memoirs are the ones just about people. Yeah. And like, those are my favorites. And just knowing that there's always something in our story that's going to connect to someone else. Mm -hmm. Even when we think, well, maybe this is just for me. Yeah. I feel like that's something I've really learned during this process of putting this book into the world. Like when I made it and my whole life as a motherless person leading up to that it felt really isolating I knew like a few people who lost their moms young but they were people I didn't know very well and I'm already someone who sort of has a hard time opening up to people not in writing and drawing form (laughs) Um, and then once the book came out it's just like I'm getting all these messages from people who've been through similar stuff. And I, I did like a motherless daughter's mother's day event. Um, oh, lovely. Came out. It was so cool. I got invited to be a part of it. And it was this, it was during COVID. So it was this whole big zoom call where you have like the gallery view where it's all the faces mm-hmm. and everyone was a woman who'd lost her mom. And it was like, I'm like part of a community. Like it was just Mm -hmm. so comforting. Which, and you talk about this in the book, like it's a really special community. And it's also one that you would never like want, like voluntarily say, Hey, I want to join that club. (laughs) But, Um, But when you're there, it's really special. Yeah. I find that like, whenever I, I'm already a fan of someone and then I find out that they had a loss early in their life it makes me like them more which feels a little silly <laughs> obviously I I don't wish this on anyone but um, of course it just creates this like special kind of empathy that feels very good to me to be around mm-hmm. people it feels like you could kind of cut past some small talk like you can just say hey this happened to me and they get it without Uh having to do like the weird dance that would you know when you'd have to pull out your dead mom bingo card Uh which (laughs) was such a delight yeah Jenny said she could have she could have like a blackout blackout bingo several (laughs) times over (laughs) my um my mom's dad died like less than a year after my mom did he had been pretty ill for a while so it wasn't like a big shock but it was still sad and so my family it was like the same family that was at my mom's shiva we were at another Mm -hmm. shiva and my cousins who I write about in the book and me and my sisters we made an actual bingo card (laughs) it it was more like specific to our family it was like and Mm -hmm. so so like brings up this topic or whatever Mm -hmm. but it was a very 
helpful way of dealing with it, I would recommend that to anyone, even if it's not loss related, like family stuff can be. That is so great. (laughs) I, I mean, my, my grandparents died a while ago and they were really old and it's, Mm -hmm. it's a different, it's a different version of grief, but the, the funerals, it was really fun. Yeah. And that's kind of what I got from like, (laughs) like, you know, like, you know, sitting Shiva, you're just like in this really contained space with people who get it and love you and, Mm -hmm. and all the things. And, you know, you laugh and cry Mm -hmm. and it's, I don't know, the the funerals for my grandparents were really fun. And it was like, I'm like, am I allowed to say that? It was really fun. I think it's good. I feel like the people who were mourning were, would feel good to know that Mm -hmm. like the people they care about that they left behind are still enjoying (laughs) I don't know enjoying in quotes themselves (laughs) to some extent because I think like when when someone is sick or they're in hospice and dying like that is so painful and then as soon as they're dead I mean it's horrible but also that like whole long painful Mm -hmm. waiting unknowing process is over so there's this like sense of levity it's like everyone is so tired but like we also just ran a marathon Mm -hmm. and so there's just like weirdness and silliness to be found there it's sort of like if you pull an all-nighter like at some point (laughs) everything (laughs) seems ridiculous because it's like Uh you've worn down so much on that page in the book where your mom dies like the actual page the way that the way that you use color is really fascinating. There's all these pink frames and then there's one gray frame. And just noticing like, like that contrast of, okay, you can breathe a little bit because like the worst thing has happened. Mm-hmm. And also the worst thing has just happened. Yeah. It's like an ending and a beginning at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's such a bizarre period. Whenever I hear of anyone who's just lost a parent or someone close to them, those first few days and weeks are just so strange. Mm-hmm. It's like being underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool to hear you picking up on the, the color scheme in there. I've heard that from some other reviews and stuff and it's mm-hmm. it's funny because when I was working on the book mm-hmm. I didn't put like a ton of thought <laughs> into the color scheme like I, yeah. I I guess the the whole story was inside of me so I'm sure like subconsciously something that yeah. thing but like I love pink as, <laughs> as you can see I, I love it I love I'm it in Barbie <laughs> dream house right now I didn't plan to be wearing <laughs> pink for this but I just, I put pink because it's a color that I like. And then it was mm-hmm. dark in the room. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I like no color theory and stuff. But I think the way that people have read that is not, like it wasn't on purpose, but it still is accurate. So that's yeah. cool. Well, the, and that's cool. That, like subconsciously, you're just, you're putting that 
that meaning there. And it, you know, I'm, I was an English major. And so sometimes I, I would always wonder as we're picking apart, like this poem, I'm like, did they really mean all this? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, but, I used to think but about you can still poem. pull meaning from it. Like you can still yeah. pull meaning from it. And uh-huh. I would love to know what may, like, have you always loved to draw? What made you want to do a graphic memoir? And, and like, like, what was the process? Did you draw first? Did you write first? Like, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. Yeah, I, I love talking about this stuff. So um, I have always been into drawing. I was into drawing before I was into writing. Like, drawing was, like, my special superpower. When I was a kid, I was really shy. And drawing was, like, the way that I could connect with people. I used to, like, draw pictures for people in my class like in elementary school and it continued being as big a part of my life as I could manage as I got older I was like in a really competitive track in high school academically it was very Mm -hmm. stressful and a lot of preparing for college and so like the thought of looking for a career in art, it, it didn't even occur to me at all. Mm-hmm. It felt like sort of old, olden times career. It, like it feels a, like it's not encouraged, if not actively yeah. discouraged in certain yeah. circles. And like everyone in my life and my teachers and my family, everyone knew that I was obsessed with art and had always been, but there was no like, maybe you'll become a graphic designer or whatever. It was just like, well, I guess I got to figure out something else that I like. <laughs> and I think that led me into writing because it was like well writing is a real job you can have in air quotes also yeah (laughs) the whole thing is fake but um (laughs) 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 it's all a construct but yeah writing was like how creative can I get without getting to draw the thing that I like Mm -hmm. and so I did screenwriting in college my major was called radio tv and film and at my school you could either do like the production track so like directing and producing Mm -hmm. all that stuff or you could do the writing track with playwriting and tv writing and all this stuff so I loved it and I it screenwriting still has like a deep place in my heart and I think it helps a lot with comics because Mm -hmm. comics are kind of just scripts it's like speech bubbles so I uh right after my mom died I like started making all my writing assignments at school be like about death all the time that that (laughs) feels appropriate yeah college like you're this young college kid I was very idealistic I was obsessed with Tina Fey and I was just like I'm gonna be the next Tina Fey I like felt so hopeful and yeah she's (laughs) very cool my dad used to tell me that uh I reminded him of her when I was in middle school because I had glasses Mm -hmm. and was like the like nerdy kind of funny that was when she was like doing the update oh yeah that was before 30 Rock Yes, way okay. before. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I would do all these scripts and things about death. And then I had a 
class that was called creative nonfiction. And it wasn't for my major. It was an elective. Mm -hmm. And it was like a creative writing class, but where you write about your life, but mm -hmm. in a creative way. It's nice or maybe it didn't have to be about your life, but I made it about my life because yeah. Ever did. It's, um, it's easier to I'm like I, yeah. I know all the things about me. Yeah, exactly. Let's make that creative. <laughs> That's why it's very helpful for me to do interviews and things about this book because I'm like I can answer any question you have. <laughs> like yeah. I know the plot by heart. <laughs> but this, so this was like two years after my mom died, maybe, and I made this comic essay. Like I wrote a personal essay, but it was as comics and I'd never done anything like that before I did like comics for the school newspaper but they were just one panel yeah I what did your did. teacher say uh that's so cool she was, yeah she was fine with it. it I really appreciated it she was encouraging she got me into Allison Bechtel and um fun home I remember she told me I should read Fun Home because it had like similarities to what I was working on. And then That's Fun awesome. Home turned into this whole Broadway musical. <laughs> it's so cool to see. <laughs> but so that essay is what ended up becoming the book. Um, oh, okay. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very cool to look back on it and picture myself like sitting in my bed in college and drawing and like my art style was so different because I was out of practice mm -hmm. but um that like funny sad thing um has always appealed to me in media that I consume and mm -hmm. I really wanted to like bring that vibe into my own stuff well you do it very successfully <laughs> you laugh and cry at this like on the same page sometimes like it's like it's just it's delightful like oh, I love so I love dark humor and it's the it makes it easier to engage with hard things yeah I couldn't agree more I think a lot of people like particularly people who haven't experienced a loss that's close to them I think a lot of people kind of look at grief in a really like formal setting mm -hmm. and they just get into this zone where it's like oh you're not being respectful if you're laughing or something mm -hmm. like that and I just think that's so unhelpful yeah. and mm -hmm. I think it is respectful of the person who died to be talking about them in like a lively way mm -hmm. like my mom was not a formal buttoned up person I think it would have felt weird if we were going around and offering condolences to each other <laughs> well she probably like wants you to laugh like yeah. she probably liked it when you laughed and you know I think that that's that I mean from what I know of your mom and from the book that feels like oh yeah she would she would roll her eyes if you were trying to just force sat like force yeah. the somber <laughs> somber grieving uh-huh period yeah, I was always, like, I, I was a kid who would get very homesick at sleepovers and stuff. And it was Same. primarily, yeah, I was always, like, pretending to have fun. But I was like, I want to go home. <laughs> um, Same. <laughs> and I, my mom would get frustrated by that 
I think because she was similar when she was a kid and she wanted me to have a happier childhood than she did. I mean, her childhood was fine, but like, yeah, you know, the pains that come with being the quiet kid. Yeah. And so whenever I started being all weepy and like, I'm going to miss you, she'd say, you better. And like, <laughs> she would just <laughs> immediately try to like redirect me to a different tone. It rarely worked. It just <laughs> made me feel like, why won't you tell me you're going to miss me too? Uh, but Parents, I, we, we always try to redirect yeah yep. sometimes it works uh-huh. and sometimes it really doesn't sometimes yeah it really backfires on us <laughs> the intentions were definitely good I mm-hmm. can see that now <laughs> but yeah she she didn't like me wallowing in general and I'm sure that's how she would still feel now yeah yeah so you were if you if that essay you wrote that two years after your mom died yes something like that I was a senior and I was a son okay so you like so this memoir kind of just like lived with you for a long time before it was actually published like how how long were you actively working on it so I wasn't like working on it that whole time I had just done this thing that felt really fulfilling and helpful but it was more like a pie in the sky idea. Like, wouldn't yeah. it be cool if this could be a book one day? Um, and I had gotten like active on Tumblr yeah. after I graduated from college. I would post art there and it was like my little creative outlet because I was still not like actively pursuing a creative career path. I was working mm-hmm. an accounting firm doing data entry it was just so awful so exciting so exciting for such a creative person yeah I remember (laughs) I would like color code the spreadsheets like I was just trying to like (laughs) some shred of like joy in that (laughs) but so I was posting art on tumblr and gradually getting like a small following and I like scanned the essay that I did um, and just put it on my Tumblr. And I think I put it behind like a, forgot what it's called, but like a thing so that people don't see it immediately where they have to click. Yeah. Because I didn't want to like bring death. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, here's an emotional thing I wrote if you want to read it. And (laughs) it got like a really lovely response I mean I didn't have like a huge following at all it was like under a thousand people but it was just exciting and I was like oh maybe people are interested in this I ended up getting an agent and had a publisher reach out to me like a cold email which is that's amazing. Ridiculous. Yeah. It, so I always cool. feel bad like when people ask me for advice on how to get into publishing. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I had the equivalent of like people who got scouted in the mall to be like <laughs> a model or something. Um, but it felt That's like very, I, very cool. all my bad luck happened with my mom. So maybe I could get some good luck with this. Uh, you know, I, I feel <laughs> like that is karmically fair. 
So <laughs> I appreciate yeah. hearing that. <laughs> yeah, that feels very, very fair to me. <laughs> yeah, it was so lucky and great. And I um I like mentioned it to the publisher and my agent, like I want to make this thing about my mom. And then my agent helped me make a proposal and um awesome. it got accepted. And then I just spent a year just thinking and writing and drawing all about death. <laughs> but like in a funny way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes and people ask me like, was it so emotional the whole time? And the answer is no. Like it was emotional some days, but the majority of it, I was just like, oh my God, okay, I have to finish like inking this page. <laughs> so it kind of became like a back burner thing. Like I could just live my life while I'm like coloring a picture of my mom with an oxygen mask on and I'm like not <laughs> thinking about it like that. Well, it's not like it's not like the grief just goes away. It's not like you ever, you know, like especially like you, you don't just like, oh, I guess I'm done thinking about my mom now. Yeah. Like <laughs> so you know, you're probably just thinking about it anyway. So why not why not draw? Yeah, why not, why not draw? <laughs> Yeah, why, why not monetize our grief? <laughs> yeah. like, but but really, like it, I I I'm not surprised that your Tumblr following responded so positively to the essay because it's it's this experience that is so singular, and everyone is going to experience grief differently. And yeah. also, it's that it, it just creates this immediate connection, and. You know, so for for Ginny, it was a mirror book. She's like, oh my gosh, I, for the first time, she felt not alone in her grief. I, I, I wish she could be the one to tell you that. <laughs> and and for me, it was a window to be like, okay, like how can I like support my friends who have lost their parents? And you like the the list of the, the, of what to do for your grieving uh -huh. friends and what not to do. Like, I feel like that's like very practically helpful. I'm and, so glad. <laughs> you know, cause like it's, you, you never want to say the wrong thing, but yeah. like, you also like, don't like, you know, I don't just want to not talk about, you know, my friends, parents or children or whoever's died. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's such a great mirror and window, you know, like for someone to look and say, okay, like here's, here's how I can like actually be a friend. Yeah. That, that makes me feel so good that people are getting that out of it. Mm -hmm. I heard this quote before and I'm not sure who said it. I think it's one of those things that's like been attributed to a bunch of different people online, Probably. but it was something like art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. Of that, yeah. And that's yeah. like really, I think, kind of subconsciously what my intent with the book was that, like, mm -hmm. for people in the same boat as me, they'd be like, oh, yeah, someone else gets it. And for people who hadn't been through that to be like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> well, and again, it's just like, it just goes back to those connections. Like, you're connecting to people who know that experience and also making a way to connect with people who don't mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be 
as separate as we think it is because it's uncomfortable. Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I, yeah. That's like a big like, part of the book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just slipping through it now and just laughing at all of the, like the, the spin the wheel with the <laughs> day started running into each other. And so, so what's going to come up next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. I mean, I, I've always thought, and I've experienced this in my own writing. I, I need time to, you know, there's some things that I write that are more in the moment that are really just for me in the mm -hmm. moment and having a decade between when your mom died and when the book, when you wrote the book and then published it, mm -hmm. I, that added so much dimension because you're able to revisit that time and feel it viscerally and portray it that way. And also come at it with hindsight a little bit. You have kind of both of those. And one of, one of our favorite pages is, is what your mom would love now. And I think that is just so tender and just such a beautiful way to remember someone is like, I wonder what they would really, I wonder what they would love right now. And just picking out the different shows and podcasts and food trends and, and all the things like, and you wouldn't be able to do that if you had done this right away. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of those things didn't exist then. Yes. Yeah. Podcasts, you know, that was, that's such a, you know, yeah, it, it feels like such a recent thing. And I think, oh, yeah, like in 2009, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. But I do no. wonder what, what type of podcast would your mom like? Oh, that's a good question. She was really into talk radio. So I think that some of those podcasts where it's like two friends that are kind of just talking about something. Mm -hmm. uh, or like interviewing someone but where it, it's really like you're kind of listening in on a friend conversation oh, yeah. okay. I, 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 love this. I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah I think uh she would have been a fan of like having that on in the background while while she's doing other stuff mm -hmm. uh, which is something I do a lot too yeah yeah <laughs> but thinking about stuff that she would like now if she were here I think is like one of my favorite ways of thinking about her mm -hmm. in general I think like the way I think about my mom in my day-to-day -day life is very rarely about her being sick or dying mm -hmm. it's just about her as a person mm -hmm. uh, like that. similar to how it was before she was sick it's like she's just someone else in my life and if I see something that reminds me of her I'll mm -hmm. think that. And now it's just more loaded than it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still very present. I love that, you know, grief is when you can come at it as just, it's just like a part of life. It's instead of like this thing that you have to work through or that has to be part of your identity Mm -hmm. but bringing in the living part of it yeah. and and you know just like yeah like it's just this living part you know oh yeah mom would love that mm -hmm. like, I think that that's really tender and a really what's the word it's it's just a really grounded in way of remembering remembering someone 
And I feel, I feel like it's going to be more lasting. Yeah. Than, <laughs> than having like make a to do about being sad. Yeah, totally. It's like an easy thing to do in mm-hmm. everyday life to hear a song and think, oh, that line, like mom would think that's funny mm-hmm. or whatever it is. <laughs> As a family, like with your dad and sisters, do you like, are there certain days that you like to get together and mark or like how, how does that play into your family relationships now? Yeah, I think like we're all we all process our grief differently and sometimes we're all on different pages with how we're feeling on any given day but in general the main thing we do is that on her birthday we go somewhere and have key lime pie that's like it's nice because we all love key lime pie also it's like (laughs) doing something that we enjoy uh, in her honor this her birthday was December 19th so her we celebrated it pretty recently and my dad and one of my sisters and I went to this little bakery nearby which is where we've done this for the past few years because okay so now you have like a spot yeah I don't know if like that's the one we'll always go to but that's like Mm -hmm. the place where we know we'll always have key lime pie lately and it's one that you like like good key lime pie yeah, yeah. Like that, not could be let down to go somewhere that's like <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah. My mom always hated when key lime pie was green. Like it was supposed to be like pale yellow. If it was green, mm-hmm. it meant a lot of food coloring and it was like artificial. <laughs> <laughs> but we were sitting in this bakery that was like not big at all. There are like maybe four tables in there. And I happened to bring this like shoebox filled with old photos of my mom. I just like grabbed it right before we left the house. And I was like, maybe we can go through these. I don't know. Cause sometimes when I'm in the mood to look at something like that, someone else in my family is like too raw at that. Yeah. Which is understandable. But this time we did go through it and we were all crying in this small bakery. Just being like, Oh my God, look at this picture. And it kind of felt like, a version of how the whole time right after my mom died was where it's like we're kind of being a ruckus in public (laughs) I mean we weren't like being loud but uh no I love that though like just living as a family Mm -hmm. and and having your mom there for a little bit yeah yeah and you know why why not cry Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> that could why have been not? the name of the book <laughs> why, <laughs> why not, why not? <laughs> yeah like, cry laugh cry and laugh all mm-hmm. things <laughs> there's room for all of it yep one of the things that like the way that I approach memoir like as a writer and as an editor helping other writers is really figuring out like what what your core message is like your thesis like you know kind of like going back to like high school like what's your thesis statement but it can be such especially like when you're working through your own life it can really help like keep keep you grounded as you're writing to be like okay this is the point because it's really easy to go off in rabbit trails and so Jeannie and I we last time we talked about 
your book, we, we kind of pulled out what we felt the thesis was for us. So I want to share those with you. And then I want to know what you think the thesis is of your book, because it's so going, exciting. it's really fun to see them be different Yeah, because, you know, like you have a purpose as the creator of, of a piece of art. And then the reader gets to receive that however they receive it. And so Ginny's was, you are not alone. And she sees that specifically for people in the dead moms club, because you logically know that you're not alone, but you feel that way. Yeah. So that's what she got. That That's really what was the core for her. My thesis as someone not in the dead moms club, I, I feel like that's always important to say, like, I never want to like, but you know, it's, it's just, there's, it's just different, but grief is a singular experience and results from deep abiding love. Oh my God. I love both of those. I feel like they both feel right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the first thing that came to mind when you asked about a thesis was that like grief is more than what you think it is like in movies and stuff like it's more complex there's there are more steps to it and it's this whole long process like when I was outlining the book I really wanted my mom's actual death to be in the middle of the book mm -hmm. instead of like the first thing or like something it was mm -hmm. leading up to at the end because that's how it is in my life and it's like mm -hmm there's this whole process leading up to the death and then there's a whole transition after it. And I think a lot of that doesn't really see the light of day. It's like such a private mm -hmm. thing. And especially in our culture in the U S at this, in this era, people aren't like really, they don't like, have death on display I think the way they might have huh. you know in centuries before it's become this like clinical thing it's like someone's in a hospital and they get wheeled away and that's just that so I sort of wanted to like illuminate those like dark corners and be like this is a thing like you're still you mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I feel I, like I love that both of yours it's like all of the above <laughs> which is so fun like that's what I love about just stories in general but especially like memoir and when we share our own stories and and it's fun to be surprised by how they impact other people mm -hmm. but I I love something I really loved about the book is you you let us get to know your mom she's this character in the book and we we feel like we know her to a degree and kind of get her personality and her dynamic with you and and so then that makes the middle of the book when she dies gutting <laughs> and, i'm glad i'm sorry yes. <laughs> that was the intention <laughs> no it was it was so like on the reread, because I, I read this, Jenny rereads all the time. I re I reread it um, like a, a month or so ago. Mm -hmm. 
And I like put it down. I'm like, I said, kids, where are the tissues? Like where <laughs> I need to know where the tissues are. And I'm always grateful when someone invites me into a moment like that. It's such a private, vulnerable, intimate space. Mm-hmm. And to be invited as a reader, it feels really sacred. And that's, I, I really felt that in, it's, it's, especially because you let us know who she is. And and so that, like, I I felt grief in <laughs> in the middle of it but like it that was good though like it just it felt very human oh I'm so glad I definitely wanted to like make my mom into a fully fleshed out person before she died I think sometimes when death is shown in different kinds of media it's like the person who dies their identity is like someone who's dying Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not what I wanted for this book I wanted to show that she was a person and yeah it's just it really has been such a gift it feels like a cheesy thing to say but like just knowing that there are people who know about my mom and know these quirks that she had and and feel some kind of grief for her it warms my heart so much I've like gotten emails from strangers who read the book where they're like don't forget to tweeze your eyebrows and it just feels like (laughs) it's it's like I'm in (laughs) on an inside joke with like people that I don't know Mm -hmm. about this thing that's so precious to me yeah I I'm very happy that people feel let into that moment because that's definitely what I hoped for with the book it was achieved very well <laughs> yeah. and, and I I love that it it feels like we can kind of help carry each other's stories like that that's what memoir feels like to me especially about just like normal people mm-hmm. and <laughs> it just it feels like hey like let's like let's lift each other and carry each other mm-hmm. and and that is like like the fact that I, I think it's really beautiful that I gave this book to Jenny and it has trickled down to so mm-hmm. many other people. And just the way that our own stories have the the power that they have that we don't even realize to really to to hit someone in just the right way. Yeah. I've definitely felt that way about other media in the past. There's like something so special about reading something or watching something where you're like, wait, me too. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. when it's something that has felt like shameful or like mm-hmm. private and just knowing that there are other people who've gone through something similar. Um, yeah, it's like that's the beauty of telling stories yeah I mean, even fiction I feel that way in fiction a lot too yeah but yeah totally I I work I, I do obviously work a lot with uh, with memoirists uh-huh. and do my own memoir writing yeah I just it just is really special and and the illustrations it was just a whole like 
immersive experience and it was fun and sad. I'm so glad to hear you say <laughs> I'm I glad think you didn't you. stick with accounting. So Oh, same. I, I was never going to. That was I need to have a job while I get my head screwed up straight. <laughs> Is there anything that you would want like the listeners to know or readers of the book to know, like kind of like what this is kind of putting on the spot a little bit, but what would, (laughs) what would you want to say to someone who is, who's picking up your book? And I guess that actually might depend on whether or not they're in the dead moms club. Because it feels like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But, but what, what would you want readers to know about it? If you like say one thing. I think for people who are in the dead moms club, it would be, some variation of like it gets better that doesn't mean like you get over it I hate when people have that kind of attitude I don't want to get over it I would not want to not be sad about it that would feel bad Mm -hmm. I said it in the book like humans adapt like that's what Mm -hmm. we do evolutionarily and so even in those raw moments like your body and your brain are working to like help you and move you to this new future and for people who haven't lost someone I would say if someone close to you loses someone close to them please ask about the person or bring them up months later years later whenever one of my friends mentions my mom especially people that never knew her that I've met since she died it's like a hug to my soul <laughs> like I just I that. it's I so that. meaningful to me and I think people may not realize because it's such a sensitive topic and they don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable or like dredge up sad feelings Mm -hmm. and I can't speak for every person who's ever lost someone but I think that in general just like acknowledging that this is something that happened and kind of keeping Mm -hmm. it part of the conversation as time passes um, is really meaningful okay I love that (laughs) and that yeah that that was communicated in in the book too and i i love that and i think that's such a important um, thing to learn about being human and how to how to interact with people because you can't like you can't avoid death or grief or sadness so like let's learn to integrate with it more yeah to just let it be part of your life like in victorian era people used to wear jewelry made out of their loved one's hair yes they uh, did <laughs> and I am so mad that I never got any of my hair because I didn't <laughs> find out about that until years later but just the fact that like, people were walking around with these like morbid cool accessories mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would love if society was like that now I feel like it would be healthier be, yeah. for everyone yeah I I completely agree. I because what you said earlier, death is so clinical now mm-hmm. instead of human. 
Like it's kind of like the soul's gone out of how we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like very medical and kind of cold and stuffy. And I think like being more open about it, I think it helps people who haven't lost anyone yet, but will that like mm -hmm. knowing that it's very sad and like you're not looking forward to it, but like it's part of life, not in mm -hmm. a dismissive way, but just like the beauty of life is that mm -hmm. people are born and they die and and you can still live like yeah. with with all of the sadness you can still live and we can we can help each other do it mm -hmm. if we let each other in yeah thank you so much for joining me today i really have loved talking to you and i and i love your book which you have gathered already i'm sure <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been so lovely. I continue to be extremely flattered that you're spending this much time and energy. No, it's it's great. It's great. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tyler as much as I did. I am so grateful to Tyler for coming onto the show and sharing everything about her memoir and her process and and her grief and her mom. So thank you. Thank you. If you want to find Tyler on social media, you can go to Instagram. She is at Tyler Fetter there. That is T Y L E R F E D E R. And there you will find all of her links to her other books. She has a bunch of children's books, um, and anything else that she's working on, you will be able to find her there. If you would like your own copy of Dancing at the Pity Party, you can go to anywhere books are sold. I highly recommend your local indie. I will include a link in the show notes. And please join us, please join us on this on these conversations. We have a couple more coming up uh, before we move to our next memoir. And there's just so much to be gained from, from Dancing at the Pity Party and what Tyler has to share with us. So Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're here and I will see you next time. You've just listened to an episode of the memoir method podcast. The memoir method podcast is presented by bookish edits. If you liked what you heard, the best way to support the show is to subscribe through your preferred podcast player. And if you're feeling especially inspired, I'd love it if you left a five-star review on Apple podcasts. Leaving a review really does help other readers and writers like yourself find the show. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find me on my website at bookishedits.com or on Instagram at bookish.editor. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. And remember that you have a story that matters.